So compromise is essential in politics. And of course, that's becoming less and less a popular concept today. However, we should all acknowledge that it is better to gain a little bit of what you want than nothing. And gridlock happens when people refuse to compromise. Compromise is, of course, an essential part of public discourse. And even in our personal relationships, we do have to compromise sometimes or, or exercise tolerance because uh, if we want to all get along and have peace, we have to be able to uh, make some compromises once in a while uh, in terms of our relationships with others and with, uh, when engaging in public discourse. That being said, however, compromise is not of the gospel when it comes to dealing with sin in our lives. And that is partly what the gospel is about this evening. Jesus tells us that we must go to extreme measures to avoid giving in just one tiny bit to sin. Jesus tells us we should, using an image, go as far as cutting off uh, parts of our body if they cause us to sin. Certainly sounds like an extreme prescription sometimes. However, if we understand this analogy properly, it makes perfect sense. We know in extreme uh, situations, medical situations, sometimes an amputation is medically necessary and that it would actually leave the person much worse off to not amputate, say, a limb that needs to be amputated. And in fact, you'd, the person would probably die very quickly if that did not happen. And so in light of that, then doing that on a spiritual level makes perfect sense. So of course, Jesus is not telling us to literally do that because uh, body parts are not the ultimate source of sin, it's in our souls. But we need to use that image to root out sin from our souls and being courageous to doing whatever needs to be done. And so this image of, say, the surgeon and the amputation is how we consider it. However, it is just an analogy and it has limitations. So when we get a disease or a, some sort of injury or illness, uh, we, can, we, we feel it, we feel the pain in our body, we know we need to go to the doctor, we get it fixed, and we move on. And you would be delusional to not get help, especially if you're in pain. However, with sin, unfortunately, it doesn't work that easily. Our souls are not quite like our bodies, so we don't have this bodily reaction of pain when there is sin on our conscience. It takes a little bit more work to be able to recognize the stinging of our conscience on our minds and hearts. And that is because sin is is a disease of the soul, just like any physical disease we would get. And it's very contagious, and it spreads very quickly, and can do so unbeknownst 
to us. And so if our consciences are not formed properly, if we're not living in an active relationship with God, our soul can be withering away without us even realizing it. That could be the case for many people in the world today. And so that is why Jesus tells us we have to go to extreme measures to root out every little bit of sin. And it's never okay to just say a little bit is okay. Just let me do this, just this one time. Because the way sin works as this super contagious disease, little sins lead to more little sins, which lead to bigger sins. It happens all the time if it's, if it's left unchecked, unchecked. We don't have pain in our body throbbing to tell us you've got to get back to confession or else you're going to die in eternal death. We do have our conscience, which hopefully will catch up to us at some point. But the longer we wait to deal with that, the more painful that conversion process is just like any healing process of a disease that is left unchecked in our bodies. A great, I'm a great fan of uh, Saint Faustina in her message of divine mercy that she delivered to the world from our Lord himself. And in her diary, which is right here, great book for a spiritual reading, everybody should read it uh, because it's so simple and yet profound a message it's just her personal diary in uh, containing the Lord's revelations to her. She talks a lot of it about her experiences going to confession. And like many saints, she would go to confession weekly. And when you read some of the things she talks about that was on her conscience, that she felt sorrow over, it seems to most of us like kind of petty. Like you read these things uh, that her conscience feels guilty of, and you think, gosh, if, if that's a sin, if that's a mortal sin, then there's no hope for me. And that's like that with many of the, the saints that we read about how they become very much aware of sin in their life. And we may hear that and, and want to think, well, being a saint just means you get, you know, super scrupulous about petty things. But that's not the case at all if we understand more deeply what's happening in the soul of a saint. Because as we grow in holiness, as we begin to grasp more clearly what is the true and the good and what is the love of God, we also begin to see more clearly what sin is. We begin to see what it is for real, and the evil of it. And so as we become more and more aware of the ugliness of sin, then smaller sins, things that might have seemed small or insignificant in our past, we now realize, oh, that is separating me from God. And I wanna do whatever it takes to rid my soul of that. In one instance in the diary, Jesus himself says this to St. Faustina, speaking of this. Jesus says, I am thrice holy and I detest the smallest sin. 
I cannot love a soul which is stained with sin. But when it repents, there is no limit to my generosity toward it. My mercy embraces and justifies it. With my mercy, I pursue sinners along all their paths, and my heart rejoices when they return to me. I forget the bitterness with which they fed my heart and rejoice at their return. And so we must believe that we will become saints and can if we do everything our Lord asks of us by simply taking advantage of all of the divine aid the church gives us in freeing our hearts from sin to love more completely. And it's very simple. The church tells us to go to Mass every Sunday to receive reverently the Holy Eucharist. And I would add to that, go to Mass more than once a week, if you can. If you want to talk about being courageous, set aside some time in the morning to come to Mass and reset your entire day with the Eucharist. And then, of course, confession, to free our soul from the evil that is always uh, welling up within us. We should be going every month to confession, because if we don't, then the Eucharist we receive does not bear any fruit in us. And finally, we need daily prayer, because it's only in those moments of silent reflection and meditation that we can allow our consciences a time to speak to us. How can we know if there's something wrong that we need to deal with, if there's no silence in our lives, no time of reflection and prayer. God gives us all the gift of our conscience, but our conscience can be dulled by sin. And so we need to do everything we can to free ourselves to hear the voice of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to our consciences. So let's not make any compromises when it comes to sin and evil that is all around us. And what may seem as extreme measures to do as God commands us and what the church invites us to, when we do it, we'll find is actually not really that extreme at all. Because every day people do heroic and courageous things for people they love. And the person we're loving and serving is the God of love and mercy who desires nothing short of our eternal happiness. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.